0: Sarve Atra santu, Sarve Santu Niramaya, Sarve Bhadraani Pasyanto, Makasci Dukha bhag Om, let all be happy here, let none face disease, let all be cured of disease. Let all see auspiciousness, let sorrow come to none. Om Masato ma Sadgamaya. Tamasoma Jyotir Gamaya Mriturma Amritam Gamaya Om shanti, shanti, shanti. Om lead us from the unreal to the real, lead us from darkness unto light, lead us from death to immortality. Om peace peace peace. good morning everybody our little audience gathered here <laughs> and the much larger virtual audience so I know that we are living in dark times especially from those who are watching this from India um, because of the pandemic there's so much suffering and disease and death what is the role of spirituality and philosophy at a time like this I think for those who are seriously interested in Vedanta, this is the time. This is the time when these questions become most important. So there are some who are interested in it as a casual, you know, like a dilettante. Uh, so for them, it may seem at this time of crisis, why talk about philosophy? But for those who are seriously interested, Vedanta is a spirit, serious spiritual quest. This crisis makes it even more serious. That. Uh, the questions of life and death And overcoming suffering The whole project of spirituality, of Vedanta Is how can we overcome suffering And today's subject is also related to that Today I want to talk about A very special mantra From one of the most ancient of the Upanishads The Brihadaranyaka Upanishad This mantra um, I will talk about it a little while from now But let me just give you a little background Why did I choose this? I've always liked it myself But a few weeks ago Swami Atma Nandaji, Who is a Swami in uh, Washington DC So he was giving us an online talk And there he mentioned that this mantra was The favourite of Swami Bhutesha The 12th president of our order And it seems he really liked this mantra a lot So that gave me an idea that uh, maybe I should take a closer look at the mantra and study it and talk about it. What makes it uh, even better um, and easier for me is that Vidyaranya Swami, the famous author of the Panchadashi, in that famous Vedantic text, he has written a whole chapter on this mantra he has taken this mantra from the Vriyadharini Kupanishad and then written the biggest chapter in the Panchadashi. Uh, he has written nearly 300 verses on this one mantra. So that gives me a lot of uh, you know, room to manoeuvre and um, talk about Vedanta. So that's what I'll do today. Uh, there's so much material that not only today uh, we'll have a series of talks Exploring Vedanta in depth Many of the questions you will see soon Many of the questions that, that you have had over the years There are certain questions that Vedanta students always ask And you will see how beautifully these questions are raised and answered Some of which we will see today itself Anyway, enough advertisement What is this mantra? <laughs> and what is so good about it? So this is in the Brihadaranya Kupanishad 4412 it goes like this Atmanam chedvijaniyat Aham asmeti purushah Kimicchankasya kamaya shariram anusanjvarit What does it mean if an individual like us if we were to realize if we should realize that my nature, that I am this Supreme Self, then desiring what and for whose sake would I continue to suffer along with the body? An individual being and like us, if this individual were to realize that I am the Atman, the Supreme Self, then to satisfy what desire, desiring what? Kimichan? And for whose sake would this person continue to suffer along with the sufferings of the body? And the sufferings of the body, um, Shankaracharya, in his commentary, has written a brief commentary on this mantra in the Brihadaranya Upanishad Bhashya. And there he says, Sharira ro- Rogam anurujyate, suffers along with the disease of the body, which has really, uh, which echoes so strongly today in our, our present situation. So this is the mantra and here you see the essence of Vedanta summed up in this one little mantra from the Brihadarnic Upanishad Here we have the importance of knowledge Vijaniyat Technically here let me just make a point that uh, uh, it means not that you know something you should know, it's like a recommendation Uh, Some of the mantras in the Upanishads you find like this that uh, here if one should know the self to be of this nature, the supreme self. Um, another place in the Brihadarnak itself, you find Atma. The Atman is to, my dear, the Atman is to be realized. You should hear about it, uh, contemplate it and meditate upon it. So it's like you'll notice the should. That you should do it In the Mandukya Upanishad which we discussed In the seventh mantra At the end Satma That is the self what was described And that should be known So it's highly recommended There are a lot of intricate discussions on this Whether you can, act, whether it is actually a commandment of the scriptures Whether actually you can even command uh, You can give a vidhi A command that you should become enlightened But let's just not go into those controversies and say it's highly recommended that one should become enlightened What is this enlightenment? That I, the self, the individual um, I, the individual self, who is the individual self? The waker experiencing the waking world or or the dreamer experiencing the dreams or the deep sleeper I am not that I am the fourth, the turiya, the consciousness in which all these three come and go. I am not the physical body, the vital sheath, the mental sheath, the intellect sheath or the causal sheath. Uh, annamaya, pranamaya, manomaya, uh, vijñanamaya anandamaya. I am not any of these. I am the witness of all of this. I am not uh, anything that is an object, drishya. I am the drashta. So this is the realization they are talking about. Atmanam ched vijaniat, aya must be this is what I am. If one should have this realization, if one gets this realization, then one will not will go beyond desire and will go beyond suffering. Shankaracharya in his commentary he says uh, this is like a mahavakya. Swampara, my own self is the supreme self. When you say in the mahavakya, that thou art it is I am Brahmasmi I am Brahman it's exactly that. What it, that's what is being said here uh, if you should realize yourself of, that you are Satchidananda you are Brahman and what is this what what are we supposed to realize we thought we were this person this individual this body and mind Shankaracharya in his commentary in the Brihadarana Upanishad Bhashya he says no I am Sarva pratyasakshi, Sakshi, Sarva jiva pratyasakshi. Sakshi That means in all living beings, all the experiences all living beings are having I am that consciousness which lights up all of this Which illumines, which which witnesses Which is the witness consciousness Which enables all beings everywhere to have their conscious experiences He says Which is expressed in the Upanishads as not this, not this Not this body, whatever you can say, this, this body, not. This mind, not. This intellect, which is thinking about these things, not that. So is it nothing then? I am not, whatever I thought I was, this body and mind, you are telling me that I am not this body and mind. So is there nothing? Is it a a void? Is it nothing at all? Not that also. So it's not that what you can express as this, this objective body-mind complex But it is not nihilistic either That other than this one might feel that there is no such thing as the Atman Not that also, neti neti um, Expressed as not this, not this And yasmat na asti shrota drashta mantavijyata Other than which I am that Other than which There is no other one which hears, which sees, which thinks, which understands, which knows so that means consciousness I am that other than which there is no hearer, thinker, um, you know, uh, knower I am that which is common to all beings In all living beings I am that one constant common reality So this is what I am to realize myself as that I am this I am eternal Nitya Shankaracharya, just one uh, phrase Nitya shuddha buddha mukta swabhavoham, I am eternal Nitya asmi Shuddha asmi, I am pure, pure in the sense of being beyond karma, not touched by karma Buddha, in the sense of being consciousness I am consciousness itself, I am Buddha asmi So, Buddha, not Buddhu Buddhu means, in Hindi it means a fool Buddha literally means the awakened But here, uh, Shankaracharya uses the word Buddha in the sense of consciousness I am the nature of self-effulgent consciousness If I am this then the mantra says Desiring what and for whom So, Desiring what there in the commentary Shankaracharya says uh, Any object other than this self of the nature of an effect Something which is produced It could be money, it could be um, learning, it could be power, it could be relationships Desiring what? And then he comments that Such a self, when you are talking about this infinite consciousness It does not need anything So it would have no desires for anything at all And second he says, other than such a self This infinite awareness, existence, consciousness, place, Other than such a self, there is no other thing at all So there is no other thing to desire What appears as an other to me is an appearance it's not really other than my uh, real self So there is nothing to be desired And uh, that there is nothing else that exists apart from this Supreme Self And therefore What will one desi- desire if one realizes oneself as this And for whom There is no one If there is someone other than the self So um, Atma that means other than this Supreme Self, if there is some existence Then only one can desire He is very evocative there in his commentary, he says uh, Mama idam syat, let this be mine uh, Putrasya idam, uh, for my uh, child, let th- this is what I desire for my child Bharyaya idam, for my wife I desire this thing For myself this thing, for my child this thing, for my wife this thing Who thinks like this? It is the one who sees difference I am this individual being and these are all separate beings and there are things other than me which are to be desired and therefore one is caught in the mesh of desires but when you see yourself as one reality in all beings what will you desire and for whom will you desire you do not see anybody as separate from yourself Um, such a person why should and how will such a person suffer along with the body one is reminded of Sri Ramakrishna. Notice that it is not uh, a denial or escapism. At the level of the body, there will be disease. There will be old age. There will be weakness. There will be slowing down and suffering. But I, since I am not it, since I am not limited by the body, I observe this. At the level of the body, I can say, yes, there is suffering. But I also have found this level. I am Masmi. I am this Existence consciousness bliss from that perspective. There is no suffering Like Sri Ramakrishna we are reminded when Suffering in cancer. He says yes, there is so much pain here and I cannot eat And then uh, Hari Maharaj said to him, but I see that you are in great bliss and Sri Ramakrishna burst out laughing and he said Oh, the rascal has found me out That means there is another level from which I can experience like I see that here is the body here is the disease. Here is the pain and the suffering. And yet, I who experience all this, at my level as consciousness, there is no body, there is no disease, there is no suffering. From that perspective, this distinction becomes clear. So, this is the uh, mantra. Here you have all the elements of Vedanta present. The individual who realizes this, the ultimate nature as I. Aham Brahmasmi. I am Brahman. The importance of knowledge, vijaniyat. Knowledge is crucial. The problem is ignorance, and the solution is knowledge. We do not know. We do not feel this to be so. And then, when we know, when we feel this to be so, then we get then the result of such knowledge. Kimitchan. You transcend desire. There's nothing more that you would want from that perspective for yourself. And for whose sake you do not see anybody other than yourself, the person you thought you were, that person becomes an appearance. It's not not you anymore. It's like a mask that you're putting on. You are not really that person. For whose sake. And therefore you go beyond the sufferings of the body-mind. Body does not mean only the physical body, also the mind. Hmm. Um Shari Ram and It's literally the words mean fevered after the fever of the body. The body is like a fever. And you get you suffer along with the body. You do not suffer anymore along with the body once one realizes this. The topic I've given today is called the lamp of bliss. It's actually the the title given by Vidyaranya to that chapter, which is the seventh chapter of the Banchadashi. He calls it tripti deepaha. He says jīvan muktasya yā tripti sātena vishadāyate In this chapter, the bliss of the enlightened person The great happiness of the enlightened person When a person becomes enlightened The great joy and the satisfaction and the completion and the, the fullness and bliss you see in such holy persons that's what we are going to talk about. So it might be very subtle argumentation, very uh, you know, subtle logic. But remember, all throughout, we are just talking about happiness, about bliss, about overcoming suffering. So this is the um, core mantra and this is what we will talk about today and in some other talks later on also. Before we jump into it, a quick look at From a Vedantic perspective What is this universe? What's going on here? What is this world? What are we? And uh, um, what is God, for example? What is that ultimate reality? Why do you want to do this? Because the mantra uses the word Purusha Purusha here literally What does it mean, Purusha? It it stands for the individual self, the jiva, each of us So how do you precisely define in Vedantic terms this Purusha? What does Vedanta mean by an individual? Remember, it may sound like abstract metaphysics or philosophy, but it's most interesting. It's because it's about you, it's about me. It's our, it's it's literally about ourselves. So Purusha, the individual being, what is what is Vedanta's take on this? What does Vedanta actually mean when Vedanta says individual being? Here is the precise definition. And it's important to understand this because what Vedanta does um it depends upon our, upon this understanding then it will become clear the procedure adopted by vedanta what we are to do uh, what we are to understand this will become clear when these de- when these um this paradigm is clear this world view is clear so vedanta says there is one ultimate reality yeah uh, um, Vidyaranya uses the term Kutastha, which means the unchanging reality in the midst of a changing universe. But I um, will simply use Chit to have a commonality of terms to prevent confusion. Brahman, Atman, Chaitanya, uh, all of them mean the same thing. Existence, Consciousness, Sachidananda. I will use that Chit from Satchidananda, the Chit. With what does it mean? Consciousness, pure consciousness. So I will use the word chit. According to Vedanta, there is one ultimate reality, this chit, pure consciousness, which through the inexplicable power of Maya is reflected in Maya in two ways. One, in the totality of Maya, this chit is reflected in the totality of Maya as Ishwara, the god of the universe. And the same chit is reflected in a part, a fraction, a fragment of this Maya called avidya or ignorance as the jiva, the individual. Jiva, individual sentient being. Ishvara, God. Now look. According to Advaita Vedanta, both God and individual, Ishvara and Jiva are projections of that ultimate reality in and through Maya right here is the cause of a lot of misunderstanding because immediately the critics will say oh according to advaita vedanta even god is a figment of imagination is a projection is an illusion it's it's in maya what is meant here is this one must carefully understand this it's they're not saying advaita vedanta is not saying that god is not real it's saying god is as much real as you are i As long as we consider ourselves to be limited individual beings and we consider this to be real and we do consider it to be real. We consider ourselves to be real as this individual being. Then God is also real for you. And in the ultimate sense, technically paramarthika, ultimate reality. In the ultimate sense, there is only satchidananda or chit. So God is only ultimately chit as you are also ultimately chit. See advaita vedanta says jiva brahmaiva napara jiva is none other than brahman if jiva is none other than brahman god also is none other than brahman if i am none other than that absolute reality can god be any less so what vedanta says that ultimate reality chit pure consciousness appears as reflected consciousness reflected where what is the mirror in which pure consciousness is reflected These are just ways of, you know, speaking. The mirror in which pure consciousness is reflected is Maya. When it is reflected in the whole of Maya, that pure consciousness plus that whole of Maya is God. Many words are used. Ishwara, Saguna Brahman. Or in English, I'm using the word God. And when it's reflected in a fraction of that Maya, it is Jiva, the individual being, us. All right, so... Now, it is this Ishvara and Jiva. Remember, ultimate truth in Sanskrit, paramarthika, chit, pure consciousness. At the vyavaharika level, transactional level, lower truth, relative truth, there is Maya, there is Ishvara, and there is Jiva. So, one must not ask the question that uh, if there is that ultimate reality, chit, and then you are saying now there is Maya also, then there are two. There is the pure consciousness and maya. No, maya lies on the side of relative uh, truth, uh, the lower truth. It is not a countably second reality apart from consciousness. As far as consciousness is concerned, it alone exists. It's like saying, um, the clay through the name and form of a pot now gets the power of holding water. Let me repeat that. The clay Through the form of a pot and the name of a pot um, gets the power of holding water. Now it can hold water and milk. Now the clay is like that absolute reality, suppose. And the name and the form are like maya. So through the name and form, the clay now appears as a pot. And it has some special capacities. Now is the name and the form something, a second reality apart from the clay? Are there two things, clay and name and form? Not at all. The name and the form are not substantial realities. They cannot exist without the clay. Similarly, Maya is not a second substantial reality apart from chit or consciousness. So consciousness alone exists. But at our transactional relative level, that consciousness a- appears through Maya as Ishvara and J- Jiva. As God and the individual being. And this God and this individual being, beings, many Together, they are responsible for this universe. From the creation of the universe, from the initial projection through Maya, the five elements are created. Those who are attending the online Vedanta Sara classes, they know about this. The five elements are created. Space and air and water and fire and earth. And through the mixture of that, the 14 worlds are created. All of that is done by Ishwara. With the power of Maya And these bodies are created by Ishwara And these subtle bodies are created And then Ishwara himself enters Is reflected In these subtle bodies As the Jeeva So this consciousness reflected in Maya Ishwara consciousness reflected in a fragment of Maya Is Jeeva And this Jeeva What this Jeeva does Is this entire universe is a creation Joint venture Of God and the human so God creates this physical universe, and the subtle universe. We create a mess. <laughs> somebody said, "Ishwar in Hindi, Ishwar Srishti kisi ko dukh The creation of God does not give sorrow and suffering to anybody. It is we who create or generate suffering. Now that might seem strange. What do you mean? Isn't coronavirus the creation of God? So, that is giving suffering to us. How can you say it does not give? The creation of God does not give suffering. Earthquakes and storms and global. You no, know, global warming is our creation, so can't blame God for that. Uh, coronavirus. Uh, the, so, all of that is giving suffering, is it not? Ah, but remember, there is a test case. The enlightened ones, those jivas who have realized their identity as Brahman, uh, I am Brahman, I am Chit, the pure consciousness. They do not suffer, they live in the same creation Even the worst of uh, problems which is terrible from our perspective From the enlightened person's perspective it is not suffering They are somehow able to transcend suffering In this creation, in God's creation Remaining within coronavirus and all sorts of problems An enlightened person will say that really speaking I am beyond suffering Which means What is the difference between an enlightened person and us? The word itself, enlightened, the person has got knowledge about the reality. We do not. We are in ignorance. That ignorance is our responsibility. It's our problem. So, all our sufferings ultimately are because of our ignorance of the reality reality of the universe, reality about ourselves. Therefore, Vedanta holds that God does not give suffering to anybody. It's quite a radical statement. And the answer is that those individual beings who are enlightened, they demonstrate that by getting enlightenment, by getting realization, they go beyond suffering. If God was giving suffering, whether you are enlightened or not, it should not matter. You are all living in the same universe, everybody should suffer. No, one can go beyond suffering. That was the great discovery of the Buddha, that there is suffering, there is a release from suffering. And the release from suffering comes from wisdom, from enlightenment. So the jiva is responsible for samsara. Our problem, our individual problems, um, you know, they, what, what is our creation? The physical bodies and minds are God's creation, but our creation is: I am father, mother, I am happy, I am sad, I am rich, I am poor. All these identification, body-based identifications, which lead to suffering, this is our responsibility. So this is the worldview. So what why are we talking about this? This enables us to see what is meant by purushaha in the word, uh, in that mantra. Uh, Ayam Masmiti Purushaha. What is the Vedanta? What is Vedanta's conception of an individual being, uh, the individual uh, seeker? It is this. The individual being is pure consciousness, chit. Plus the reflection of chit, chidabhasa. Reflected consciousness. Pure consciousness and the reflected consciousness together mixed up. It's a peculiar mixture. This mixture is called purusha. Pure consciousness and reflected consciousness. Let me give an example. It will make it clear. Um, Suppose I look at my face in the mirror. I'm looking at my face in the mirror. So there is my real face. There is a reflecting surface, a mirror, and there is a reflected face. So suppose I am under some kind of delusion. I forget this real face. And I think I am that one, there. That reflected face, that that is who I am. I don't even know it's a reflected face. I think I am that. So this peculiar combination, this mixture, this confusion. Real face, mirror, and the reflected face in the mirror. Together is what we are calling the purusha. This is our condition right now. According to Vedanta. This one must uh, become familiar with this kind of a worldview. What Vedanta says is, we are pure consciousness. Right now. Aham brahmasmi, I am brahman, that thou art. Right now you are that. But you don't know, you have no inkling of this pure consciousness. What is What are we like? We are like the person who is aware only of the mirror and the reflected face in the mirror And have completely forgotten the real face We are like that Real face is there How do you know real face is there? If the reflected face is there Real face must also be there uh, But we have forgotten about it somehow Some, Imagine such a strange situation has happened This is our nature uh, Purusha is that reflected consciousness Along with the real consciousness The pure consciousness in the back Chit and chidabhasa. Primarily the chidabhasa What does the word chidabhasa mean? It means reflected consciousness So the purusha Precisely speaking Is that reflected consciousness Keeping the real consciousness The pure consciousness Chit in the background Reflected The moment you say reflected consciousness There must be a reflector So It also includes secondarily the, uh, the uh, you know Ignorance Avidya And the mind In which Um, Consciousness is reflected What I am talking about Pure consciousness and reflected consciousness Chit, chidabhasa What are the differences? It is important to see the differences Then we can be clear about it The reflected consciousness is continuously changing The pure consciousness Chit is unchanging That is why Vidyaranya calls it Kutastha The unchanging one the reflected consciousness is continuously changing as the see it's like the reflecting medium when the moon is reflected in the water you see the moon in the water but as the water goes into waves and it shakes the the reflection also shakes and trembles the water the moon you see reflected in the water in a, in a maybe a lake or a well as the water in the lake you know it goes through waves or it trembles you will see the reflected moon also trembling similarly the consciousness that we feel in the mind right now what is this reflected consciousness? It is entirely within everybody's uh, experience. The awareness that each of us is feeling right now. We are aware of the body, we are aware of the mind and we are aware of being aware. This awareness is not the ultimate reality. It is the reflected consciousness. chidavahasa You are the ultimate reality. You are being reflected in the mind. You don't know that. So this is the thing that The reflected consciousness is continuously subject to change Because the reflecting medium keeps changing The mind keeps changing Sometimes you feel more aware After a cup of coffee early in the morning Sometimes you feel less aware When you are tired and and feeling sleepy at night This more aware, less aware consciousness does not change Chit does not change But chidabhasa uh, It is affected by the medium Second The chit is one, consciousness is one in all beings, in all reflecting mediums, behind it is one consciousness. But the chidabhas are many, reflected consciousnesses are many, because depending on how many minds are there, in each mind a reflected. It's like the many pots are there and the one sun is reflected in all of these pots. So how how many suns are there is one real sun. And as many pots with water you will get so many reflected suns you will have. So, reflected consciousnesses are many. That's why we feel we are many. And you say you are one reality. We say it sounds cool. It sounds nice. But we don't feel that. We feel we are many. Why do we feel we are many? Because we are so much attached to this reflected uh, consciousness. We feel we are many. Uh, it, because these reflected consciousnesses are many. Another important thing. Subtle point. Chit, pure consciousness, is consciousness. Reflected consciousness is not consciousness. This is an interesting thing. Reflected consciousness looks like, behaves like, works like consciousness. But it's not consciousness. It's like the light of the sun is reflected from the moon. And it lights up the, night, uh, the earth at night. So the moonlight works just like light. It is the light of the sun. The sun is the luminous body. The moon is not a luminous body. So the reflected consciousness that you see in the mind, the mind is not a luminous body. There is no real consciousness there. Whatever is there is because of you, the pure consciousness. Uh, the reflected consciousness belongs to the um, to the you know the reflecting medium. It is not uh, it it is not a reality like uh, it is not consciousness like the original consciousness chit. Chit is asanga. Pure consciousness is not attached to anything. It is continuously free. The chida is always stuck to the mind, to the reflecting medium. It is easy to understand if you think about the example again. I am the original, the, the real face and then there is the reflected face in the mirror. The real face is free of the mirror. It is not attached to the mirror. I can be with a mirror, I can be without a mirror. The face is still there. But the reflected face is completely attached to the mirror. It cannot exist without the mirror. It is, in fact, um, a property of the mirror which generates that reflection because of the presence of the real face. So, just like that, pure consciousness, chit, is asanga, non attached. It's not attached to mind, to thoughts, to perceptions, to bodies, to any of the events which come and go in this universe. But the reflected consciousness is very much attached it depends on the mind in which the consciousness is reflected and finally the greatest of all uh, differences pure consciousness chit is real reflected consciousness chidabhasa is false pure consciousness chit satyam reflected consciousness chidabhasa mithya the mind itself is a projection part of the projected universe And therefore the reflection in the mind is also a part of the projected universe. It's not a reality, not a second reality apart from chit. These are the differences to keep in mind. You, the pure consciousness, you are unattached to body, mind or anything which appears to you. But the reflected consciousness is attached. You are consciousness itself. Reflected consciousness only borrows your properties. It is not conscious in itself. You are... Uh, Unchanging. Reflected consciousness is continuously changing along with the reflecting medium. And you are real. The reflected consciousness is false. So this is the difference. What is Purusha? One must also keep in mind the reflected consciousness, chidabhasa, has no existence apart from the chit. That also one must remember. Because when, when we keep talking about chit and chidabhasa, pure consciousness, reflected consciousness, we get confused and we start thinking there are two things. There is actually not two things. There is only one thing, which is you, the pure consciousness. Right now, we are not aware of it. And that's why Vedanta uses this format. It starts with what you are aware of. You are aware of the body, you are aware of the mind, and you are aware of being aware. And this being aware, the reflected consciousness, uh, it Vedanta starts there. That's why it labels it reflected consciousness. But actually... This reflected consciousness can never exist without the pure consciousness. Chidabhasa can never exist without Chit. So, this we have to keep in mind. Shankaracharya says, and it's an Upanishadic statement: Nanyo asti, shrota, drashta, manta. There is no other seer, hearer, uh, thinker, knower other than this pure consciousness. Though it acts through the pure consciousness. And another interesting thing is this. All the activities we associate with consciousness Thinking, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching, knowing And Vedanta classes and studying and coming to Vedanta society And all of this which we associate with uh, consciousness They are all activities made possible by the reflected consciousness Chidavasa It is an important point It is the reflected consciousness in the mind Which Illumines the activities of the mind and the sense organ and the body. And then we can say, I am walking, I am speaking, uh, I see, I hear, I think, I remember, I desire, I study Vedanta, I know I am Brahman. All of this is because of that reflected consciousness. Pure consciousness in itself is... Ultimately, not a seer or a hearer or a thinker. All this is possible only with the mind and the sense organs. It's not so difficult to understand. I mean, uh, I, the person, I cannot fly by myself. But if I am a pilot and I can fly a plane, yes, with the plane and with my skills as a pilot, I can fly. But as a person, I don't fly. Pure consciousness by itself does not do anything. But reflected in the body and mind, which are all its projections, it can do many things. So what? What comes of all of this? Here is the uh, the uh, What Vedanta does actually It says That As long as we emphasize And we are confused about our real nature And we emphasize the reflected consciousness You are trapped in samsara Brahma Yada brahamsa valambate Vidyaranya Swami says As long as you Emphasize that erroneous identification with the reflected consciousness with chidabhasa, tada aham samsari. As long as I emphasize that I am this awareness in this body and mind That's it Then I am a father, a mother, a husband, a wife, a boss, an employee I am rich, I am poor Because these are all connected with the individuality I am knowledgeable, I am ignorant I'm old, I'm young, old and young, body. Knowledgeable and ignorant, intellect. Father, mother, husband, wife, teacher, student, relationships. All of these relate to the, the reflected consciousness. And as long as we do not we are not clear that we are not it, we we identify totally with. The reflected consciousness and all its relationships and activities. This is called samsara. Then there are things to be desired. As long as I am a little body, I desire. I don't want to be sick. I want to be healthy and free and protected from the coronavirus. I desire to be rich. I don't want to be poor. I desire to be learned. I don't want to be ignorant. All of this, this, I like this, I don't like this, these preferences. All of this are because of the reflected consciousness. Brahmansha valambate as long as you put stress on catch hold of your support is the reflected consciousness you are in trouble you are, in, you, are in, you are in samsara just the opposite what is vedanta teaching us Brahmamsha tiraskarat yada this is Brahmansha tiraskarat yada chidatmaham he says that When you um, tiraskara means negate this identification with reflected consciousness, then only you see that I am the pure consciousness, chidatma asango aham. I am of the nature of pure consciousness and completely unattached. I am this real face, completely unattached with the mirror or the reflected face. Let there be a thousand mirrors like a barber shop, and a thousand reflected faces. It is nothing to me. Because I know I am this only Not any of the mirrors Not any of the reflected faces Similarly When by negation of that That reflected consciousness What is this negation of the reflected consciousness We have discussed this many times How do you negate the reflected consciousness Negating means what I am not that I am the witness of that You can try it right now I feel aware I feel this is the body, this is the thoughts and feelings, mind, and in this I am aware. Drop this. Just sit quietly. Drop the idea of an external world. No external world. No physical body. No mind also. No thoughts, no memories, no feelings, no ideas, no Vedanta, nothing. Drop that. And the idea of the of being aware, drop. suppose you drop awareness itself also. You cannot. You will still be aware. You will be aware of the absence of everything. That awareness is chit, pure consciousness. The mind and the awareness, the so-called consciousness in the mind, that is chidabhasa. This is called brahmāṅśa tiraskāra, the negation of the error. By the negation of the error, I come come to an awareness of myself as pure consciousness. Then only I can say, Aham Brahmasmi." I am Brahman. That pure consciousness I begin to appreciate. How do I appreciate this? All with the help of the mind and intellect. That's the job of the intellect itself. So this is realization. According to Advaita Vedanta, look back on what we have got so far. According to Advaita Vedanta, one con- pure consciousness exists, Chit. Through Maya, it appears as Ishvara and Jiva. Jiva is me. And because of the interplay of Ishvara and Jiva, a world is created. And uh, what is this Jiva, this Purushaha? It's a combination, an error, a confusion between Chidabhasa and Chit. Pure consciousness, reflected consciousness. I am not aware of myself at all as pure consciousness Let alone the distinction between that See, in our state of error we are not even aware that there is such a thing as pure consciousness Before coming to the Vedanta class We are not even aware that such a thing exists And all we are aware of is the world And the body And the fact that I am aware of some kind of sentient being um, uh, Conscious being in this body-mind That's the reflected consciousness This mixture Like the real face, mirror and reflected face. This mixture is called the purusha. As long as we stress the mirror and the reflected face, you are in samsara. When you negate the mirror and the reflected face and say this is my real face, you are free of samsara. Just like that, as long as we think we are the reflected consciousness in body and mind, we are in samsara. We are bound to be affected by the world. We are bound to be affected by the body. We are bound to be affected by the mind also. Very difficult to come out of it But when you negate this confusion When you cut There is no link at all What links me and the mirror? Nothing I am just looking at the mirror That is all So what, what is the link between pure consciousness? Okay put it this way One sadhu put it very nicely What is the link between chidan and Chita What is the connection between pure consciousness and reflected consciousness? What is the connection between the real you and the person you? Answer is there's no conf- uh, no connection at all, and he said, Bevkufi matra stupidity only. Mm-hmm. The only connection between you and the mirror is to. It, I would be stupid to think that I am that reflected face. You will say you are stupid. No, you are not that reflected face. You are here. You say, but I see that. Yes, you see it, but you don't see yourself. That's why you think you are that one. Uh, so that's what is happening to us. Now immediately." A question arises. So these questions are these questions come to all of us. The question is: suppose there's an opponent. This is how in Vedanta the subject is developed. Purva Paksha and Siddhanta. Siddhanta means you, the non-dualist, and Purva Paksha means the opponent, the one who raises raises objections. Often they come from different schools of philosophy. So the opponent raises a question. Just a minute. In America you call it raining on your parade. Wait, hold it right there. Who is the one, who is the one who says, I am Brahman, I am pure consciousness? Is it uh, pure consciousness who says that? Pure consciousness cannot say that, you just said, speaking, um, listening, uh, thinking, understanding, all of that is done by the reflected consciousness. But reflected consciousness also cannot say that, because reflected consciousness is reflected consciousness, it's not pure consciousness. So who says, I am pure consciousness? In your system So here is the question of What do you mean by I When I say I am Brahman What is the meaning of I in Vedanta And Vidyaranya makes a distinction Of I, the three uses of I I mentioned this at other times also The three meanings of I There is one primary meaning and two Implied meaning or secondary meaning In Sanskrit Mukhyartha Lakshyartha The primary meaning of I Is the meaning used by Everybody, the common person in in the level of ignorance, and under the influence of ignorance. When we say I, what do we mean? We mean I, this body, mind. That's all we mean. And according to Vedanta, what we mean is this mixture, this confusion of chit and chidabhasa. Pure consciousness, reflected consciousness. This mixture is what we mean by I. Precisely. In general, we mean this body and mind. Why do we mean this body and mind by the word term I? Because the I refers to the mixture of chit and chidabhasa. Basically, the reflected consciousness. And the reflected consciousness is reflected in the mind. So, the moment you refer to the reflected consciousness, the mind comes along with it. And the mind is deeply connected to the body. So, the body also comes along with it. So, the moment we say I... We mean this body, mind, this awareness, I. Notice, it's exactly, if you more precisely want to point out what do you mean by I, you mean that awareness. Yeah. This person, this awareness, you we all of us feel right now. What is this awareness? Now we know the terms. This is chidabhasa, reflected consciousness. So, according to Vedanta, under conditions of ignorance, masses, most of us, we mean chit plus chidabhasa. Why chit plus chidabhasa? Because chit is always there. When you mean the reflected face, you the original face, the real face is always there. So this mixture of chit and Chita is what we mean by I. The enlightened person means something different by I. So these are important clarifications. When the enlightened person uses the word I, what does the enlightened person refer to? Because words refer to things. When I say clock, it refers to this thing. So when say I, what does the enlightened person refer to? The enlightened person has two meanings for the word I One is jidābhāsa, Reflected consciousness And the other one is Chit Pure consciousness So the, the distinction is very clear When we take that example I gave you About Sri Ramakrishna suffering from cancer When Sri Ramakrishna says It hurts And uh, I cannot eat uh, And he says I cannot eat what is he referring, referring to by the term I? a reflected consciousness. And the moment Hari Maharaj tells him that, but I see that you are in bliss. And then Sri Ramakrishna acknowledges, yes, I am in bliss. That I am in bliss, that I, what does it refer to? Pure consciousness, chit. Let me re- repeat that. The enlightened person uses I in two senses. In order to deal with us, in order to live in this practical world, in order to play the role he is playing. Because for the enlightened person, it's only a role. The enlightened person knows I am not this. So as long as this drama of life continues, the enlightened person continues to play the role and plays it very well. In that role, the enlightened person refers to the I as that role, that Chidabhasa, the reflected consciousness. Yes, here is a body with cancer. And there is pain, and there is suffering, and uh, there is such a struggle, and I say, I am in pain, I am suffering. Chidabhasa, reflected consciousness. But the difference between the enlightened person and the rest of us is, is that the enlightened person can equally honestly say, even more honestly than that, say, I am not in pain. I am in bliss. Because... Aham Brahmasmi, I am Brahman. That is the second sense in which the enlightened person uses the term I to refer to pure consciousness. Summing up, how do you use I in Vedanta? In three ways. The ignorant one uses I to refer to body and mind because the ignorant one means only reflected consciousness by I. Chit. You see how useful these distinctions are. Chit and reflected consciousness, pure consciousness. But the enlightened one, the the ignorant one means only the um, awareness, this reflected consciousness. The enlightened one uses I in two senses, second meaning of I and third meaning of I. The second meaning is, the enlightened one means reflected consciousness when he wants to deal with the rest of us and play the role in life, not seriously. And really, truly, from his heart, if you ask, Really, who are you? I am Brahman Pure consciousness The so I refers to Chit Pure consciousness I refers to Chidabhasa Reflected consciousness These are the second and third meanings First meaning for the ignorant one. Second and third meanings For the enlightened one The enlightened one sees the distinction between Reflected consciousness and real and pure consciousness We do not That's the difference The opponent won't give up so easily The opponent says You have not answered my question Who is it that says, I am Brahman? Only one who can say is reflected consciousness But reflected consciousness is not pure consciousness How can the reflected consciousness say, I am pure consciousness? And pure consciousness cannot say, I am pure consciousness Because pure consciousness cannot say anything Pure consciousness is pure consciousness This is a big question Who realizes? Who is doing Vedanta? Who becomes enlightened? This question goes very deep. It is asked in many forms. I have, throughout the last few years, so many ways. If I am Brahman, then whom am I worshipping? How can a non-dualist worship God? All these questions can be answered by these distinctions. See, So the opponent persists in asking the question. Who is it that asks How can the reflected consciousness say I am pure consciousness It's not true Isn't it wrong to say such a thing By your own philosophy And the answer is There is no harm in this Very subtle point This is because The reflected consciousness is none other than the pure consciousness Wait a minute The opponent would say, didn't the whole of this exercise was to separate pure consciousness and reflected consciousness? The distinction between reflected consciousness and pure consciousness, this is what you wanted to teach And now you have the the chutzpah, the gall to say that they are not separate The subtle point is this Pure consciousness is indeed separate from reflected consciousness But reflected consciousness is not separate from pure consciousness What do you mean by that? Very easy Real face is separate from the reflected face But reflected face is not separate from real face How? Real face can exist without the reflection Take away the mirror Is the face there or not? I cannot see it but you can see It's there But Take away the real face Is the reflection there? No The Reflection does not exist without the reality the reflection is nothing, ultimately, nothing but the reality. By the way, just a little aside. It's nothing but pure consciousness. Uh, reflected consciousness is nothing but pure consciousness. The entire universe is nothing but consciousness. Yesterday in a class, uh, Professor Arindam Chakravarti was saying that this famous Oxford philosopher, Gilbert Ryle, who um, wrote this book on the concept of mind, you know, uh, he uh, so he used to say this reductionism. When you say that, uh, you know, consciousness is nothing but the brain. So that's reductionism. It's called a materialistic reductionism. All of what we see here is nothing but matter and energy. Reductionism. So he used to call it. He said he invented a term. He called it nothing buttery. <laughs> nothing buttery. <laughs> So, Advaita Vedanta is also a kind of nothing buttery, it says. Of course, he was himself guilty of a little bit of nothing buttery because he reduced the distinction between mind and body to uh, only a matter of language. That was fashionable in in Oxford and Cambridge at that time, in the 50s and 60s, ordinary language philosophy. So, he said it's just uh, a confusion created by language. This was under influence of Bertrand Russell, Wittgenstein and others. So, nothing but a confusion created by language, nothing buttery. But what... Vidyaranya wants to say is Reflected consciousness is nothing but pure consciousness Therefore, if reflected consciousness were to say I am pure consciousness Not wrong It's alright It's like this Who is saying that I am pure consciousness? Pure consciousness is saying I am pure consciousness Using reflected consciousness It's like this Uh, When I say I am happy Notice closely, how am I saying it? The tongue is moving, the air is pumping from the lungs, the voice box is operating and the mouth basically says, I am happy. Is the mouth happy? Is the tongue happy? Are the lungs happy? Is the voice box happy? No. Happiness is in the mind. And the mind is using the vocal apparatus to express its own happiness. And there is nothing wrong if the tongue says, I am happy. It does not mean the tongue is happy. It means the mind is happy. But the mind cannot speak. The mind speaks with the help of this vocal apparatus. Similarly, pure consciousness is alone the one which realizes I am pure consciousness using the reflected consciousness. So the opponent's question was, "Isn't it wrong for reflect, reflected consciousness can at the most say there is a pure consciousness?" See, these questions keep coming. Many people speak like this. Uh, my atman, I have now understood. My atman is all right. It is pure, satchidananda. But I have many problems. What are you doing? You are talking like reflected consciousness. You are saying pure consciousness. My pure consciousness is fine, but my reflected, but I am ha- having problems. Not my pure consciousness. You are the pure consciousness. Own up to that. That itself is enlightenment. Mm. The moment you step back from reflected consciousness into pure consciousness, that your real nature is pure consciousness. And see that reflected consciousness is only your reflection, which enables you to operate this body-mind system. And then you, in this body-mind system, you come to the realization using the intellect, the reflected consciousness. It says, Aham Brahmasmi. I am Brahman. That's perfectly all right. Nothing wrong with it. It's like the rope and the snake Pure consciousness is like the rope And the reflected consciousness is like the snake It's an appearance It's not real in itself It's nothing but Nothing but a re (laughs) It's nothing but pure consciousness Pure consciousness is the only reality Reflected consciousness is false It's mithya And the mithya, the false Cannot exist without the real It is grounded in the real Immediately the opponent says, ah, but that leads to more problems Next question is even more subtle If you understand the question, the answers are interesting The next question is You just said that the reflected consciousness is false The pure consciousness alone is true Then if the reflected consciousness is false Then it's realization, I am Brahman That also is false the knowledge you are talking about All this Vedantic knowledge That's false knowledge then Because the one who realizes it The reflected consciousness who is saying I am Brahman That's false You just admitted Reflected consciousness is false It's an appearance Then the knowledge of that reflected consciousness is also false Not only that The liberation achieved by this knowledge You said by realizing the difference between reflected consciousness and pure consciousness Chit and chidabhasa You will be free of samsara This liberation also becomes false then Do you see the question? And Vidyaranya's answer there is very blunt and humorous He says Who denies it? We are not denying it We are very happy that it is false According to Vedanta, you, the pure consciousness, you are always free. Your freedom is real. Your bondage was never real. A false bondage is corrected by a false liberation, generated by a false knowledge. So what a crazy philosophy. Advaita Vedanta holds this very seriously. If the snake is false, then the disappearance of the snake also will be false. Uh, Vidyarnya says, "Rajju sarpa visarpanam." Visarpanam means the slithering away of the snake. Even the word, the, the, it sounds like hissing and slithering away. You know, Rajju sarpa visarpanam. He says, "Isn't the going? If the snake was false, isn't the going away of the snake, the slithering away of the snake, as if?" You know, when you get the knowledge, it's a rope, it's not a snake. The snake is gone. So that going away of the snake, was it true or false? False also. Uh-huh. The presence of the snake was false. The real, so And then when the snake is dismissed by the knowledge, oh, it's a false snake. The dismissal also is false. Ultimately, what is real? Ultimately, what is real is the rope. Similarly, the so-called bondage, I was in bondage. You as pure consciousness were never in bondage. This because of so called ignorance. So that false ignorance is dismissed by the false knowledge, and you that false bondage is cleared up by the false liberation and you realize you are always liberated. And says that is our position. He says, Who denies it? I mean the opponent says that uh, so your knowledge also is false If the reflected consciousness is false And then the reflected consciousness is knowledge I am pure consciousness Then that is also false Yes, of course How, Then what's the point here? This knowledge will work That's all we need It is enough to dismiss the ignorance Ignorance is in the mind And knowledge must come in the mind To dismiss that ignorance You, the pure consciousness You are always free The Ignorance in the mind was I am this this awareness here. But that's reflected consciousness. That ignorance is removed. And then the knowledge comes, I am that pure consciousness. Oh, I was always free. So false ignorance is this. This is from the Mandukya Karika. Um, we had discussed this uh, quite some time back. Na nirodho na cha utpatti, na baddho na cha mukta, paramarthata. If the opponent asks, then what is the truth according to you non-dualists? The truth is this much. There is no creation, no dissolution of any universe. There is no one in bondage, no one practicing spiritual disciplines. There is no one seeking liberation, indeed no one who is liberated. This is the final truth. What does that mean? You are pure consciousness itself even right now and that's a wonderful thing. How ridiculous it would be to say that the snake is false, but it really slithered away It did not really slither away You just realized it was false and you realized it was always a rope Uh, Similarly, this entire dream of the universe of samsara is dismissed by this realization Aham brahmasmi, I am Brahman Uh, That I am pure consciousness, I am chit And this, uh, he says um, this word I am In that original mantra Of the Briyadaranya Upanishad Is uh, It indicates direct realization Vidyanya says Shankaracharya in fact himself says The realization should come uh, As a as, With as much confidence As you are saying right now I am this person This body mind With that much confidence You should be able to say I am pure consciousness With as much confidence you feel right now, I am this little awareness in this mind. That's chidabhasa. With that much confidence at least you should feel I am pure consciousness. What happens is, before um, learning all these things, we had no doubt I was this body and mind. Now, after learning all this, we are in doubt. We are not so totally sure that we are this body and mind. But we are not very totally sure also that we are pure consciousness. So we are in a state of doubt now and Shankaracharya says that won't do. For liberation, for freedom from suffering, that much clarity should be there. Uh, he, the verse, a very beautiful verse. Dehatma jnanavad jnanam Dehatma jnanavadhate Atman Very nice and humorous verse He says Just as Shankaracharya himself says And Vidyaranya quotes it Shankaracharya says that Dhyatma jnana vat Just as the knowledge we have That I am this body mind That kind of knowledge With that conviction If it comes Then it will be enough To negate this confusion That I am body mind It must come with that much conviction Then only it will be capable of negating it the one who gets this kind of a knowledge in pure consciousness. That means the way you're confident I am this reflected consciousness in this body and mind. With that much confidence if with you can say uh, I am pure consciousness. Chidananda rupaha Shri Shankaracharya sings, Manobuddhy <laughs> Hankara Jittani Raham, I am not the mind, not the intellect, not the memory, not the ego. Chidananda rupaha shivoham. I am of the nature of pure consciousness. I am the nature of bliss. I am the nature of Shiva. With that much confidence, if you can say, <laughs> and humorously he says, Sir, pi Even if this person does not want it, he will get liberation. Why? Because his very nature is liberation. That's why I say, don't be too eager to become enlightened. There are no, uh, w- what's, what do they call it in the shop? shop? There's no take back, no returns. You say I didn't want it Oh my god I am liberated now The game of life is at an end no, Sorry no returns Once you have got this he says, Even if it's is humorous of course Even if he does not want liberation He will be liberated Because you realize that you always were liberated You are this pure consciousness Always liberated uh, Liberation comes choicelessly to such a person But that much conviction must be there That much clarity must be there Summing up, this beautiful mantra, which we will take a look at again uh, next week. Atmanam ce dvijaniyat ayam purushaha. Kimichan shariram If one were to realize this, one means, the one who till now thought, I am this mixture of chit and chidabhasa, using Vedantic terms. Now we have learned the terms. I am this mixture of chit and chidabhasa. Who were to re- if you we were to realize, oh, I am chit, pure consciousness, not chidabhasa. Then desiring what and for whose sake would that one person continue to suffer? That person will be able to say like Sri Ramakrishna, yes, at the level of the body, there is suffering. But as chit, as pure consciousness, I am in bliss. Jivan muktasya ya triptihi. The completion, the fullness, the perfect satisfaction, the perfect bliss of the enlightened, of the Jivan Mukta What is samsari? I am Chidavas, a reflected consciousness What is Jivan Mukta? I am Chit, pure consciousness That is the takeaway from today's talk Om Shanti 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 Harihi Om Tat Sat Shri Ramakrishna Rapa Astu. I pray to the Lord to deliver us from all suffering all over the world. May this light of knowledge dawn in us and we can see our real nature as we truly are. Oh peace, peace, peace.